0: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley.
2: And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here. Also brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock. For the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, the latest crop reports as harvest has passed 80% and remains ahead of the five-year average. We look at grain markets for the shortened work week, with both wheat and canola reflecting rising prices again this week. Real Agriculture talks about weather with Drew Lerner. We have a feature on Farm Credit Canada and loans to First Nation farmers. An update on Manitoba's harvest and the province is adding more seats to the veterinary college in Saskatoon to improve the number of veterinarians serving in rural Saskatchewan. The farm weather is in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. Saskatchewan farmers made limited harvest progress this past week. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Matt Struthers says harvest is 81% complete, up from 73% a week ago.
3: So we're sitting at 81% of the crop now in the bin this week. That's up from 73% last week and ahead of the five-year average of 75%. So lots of hard work has been happening in the last week. And, and there was a few down days just with some cool, damp weather affecting some producers out there. What's the progress by region? Well, the southwest is is just about wrapped up. They have 98% of their crop now in. They're just waiting for some flax to mature there. The west central is 97. The southeast, 74. The northwest, 70. The northeast, 69. And the east central has 65% of their crop in the bin. So maybe a couple more weeks of harvest left in those eastern regions and up into the north.
2: Tell me about yields and quality. What are you hearing?
3: You know, out of the southwest and and west central, there are some disappointing yields, of course, due to that dry weather they had all season long just wasn't conducive to to making a bumper crop. So unfortunately, we're seeing some poor yields out of there. And then in in the east, even, there's some pockets that expected higher yields, and they're seeing a little bit more disappointing yields than they anticipated, but likely those yields are a little bit closer to average rather than well above average as they'd have as they hoped. And then quality-wise, they're actually pretty strong across the board. We'll see in a couple weeks, and we asked quality again to see if that's changed with the recent rains we're seeing. But there has been an, uh, an increase of bleaching of cereals and then also some diseases that were also present in the seeds. So likely to see quality drop just a little bit lower than it was last year. Where did the rainfall hit? Mostly in the, the northeast and, and southeast and parts of the east central regions. The Bean Fay and Melford areas received 35 mils, uh, while the Calder area received 14. The Marengo area with 4 mils and, and other parts of the province re- received anywhere from trace amounts up to 10 mils over the past week.
2: What's the topsoil moisture rating?
3: Uh, We've seen uh, another week of uh, slight decline due to that just insignificant rainfall coming across the province. So cropland topsoil moisture is rated as 1% surplus, 34% adequate, 35% short, and 30% very short, followed by hay and pasture is rated as 1% surplus, 27% adequate, 39% short, and 33% very short. So once harvest is all wrapped up, all the soils in the province could certainly go for a drink.
2: I understand some producers are having water short where, where does that seem to be happening?
3: Uh, largely in the west central and southwest regions, as well as parts of uh, the east central region, uh, mainly in the 6A crop district. We're seeing some moderate to severe on-farm water shortages, mainly due to concern of livestock. You know, the dugouts are either too low or too unsafe for cattle to be drinking out of. So producers are hauling water a, a long ways to get that cattle or those cattle uh, some safe drinking water. What
2: were the main causes of crop loss this past week?
3: The biggest ones were just wind, waterfowl, and wildlife. That wind is continuing to, to impact unharvested crops, you know, blowing around swaths and, and shelling out the crops and, and lodging them as well. And and there was a few frosts this past week, but just like we were discussing over the last couple of weeks, frost isn't a huge concern right now just with the maturity of the crops. So hopefully the, the rain holds off just a little bit longer and we can get that crop in.
2: Matt Struthers compiles the weekly crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Back
0: to Saskatchewan Agriculture today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM.
2: This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch Eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. Prairieeavesdrops.ca and your Prairie Co op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasbourg. Grain markets were on the upswing again this past week. PI Financial Commodity Futures advisor Adam Pacalo says canola has risen $36 a ton this week, while spring wheat is up $0.20 a bushel.
1: Well, Jim. Starting off on the canola front, strong week for the November futures, up approximately thirty-six dollars a ton. With today being a fairly large move up, approximately seventeen dollars a ton. So the November futures are now sitting above eight fifty at approximately eight fifty-five here as we're talking right now. And then on the Minneapolis wheat front, the December contract again continuing. High as well, up approximately twenty cents a bushel on the week. So definitely some some positive movements on the canola front here, uh, as I mentioned, kind of last week we saw a rally and definitely a continuation of the positive trend. So the last time we saw the November contract at this level was back on August 11th and if we can actually go above this 890, 880 area on the November futures, that 900 a ton is in sight again potentially. The contract does expire within the next month here so interesting things can happen which is why I'm actually a little bit more bullish on the January and March contracts going further out. Uh, I've been talking with producers and really yields uh, and production is lower what they thought and we could see be some seeing some positive as well to support from some of the soy markets in the U.S. There has been actually a, a bit of a break in the U.S. dollar that's giving some strength to uh, the crude market, and then in turn on the canola oil market as well too. So um, I could see canola maybe trending a little bit more positive potentially next week, but it has gone up now here approximately $70 a ton here in the past about seven trading days. So that's important to watch.
2: What impact is the Russian-Ukraine war having on the markets? Is that what's pushing it up at all?
1: Uh, Maybe not so much on the the canola front, but there has been some concerns that Russia may seek to disrupt the deal uh, that's allowed for exports from the Black Sea to, like, so for wheat, then that would be more of a positive side of things. The the December wheat on the Chicago market actually has been closing sharply higher, and, and again, same with Minneapolis as well, too. There has been, again, outside market forces like the U.S. dollar, like I mentioned, We've also seen possibly the wheat market finding some support from weather uh, as very dry conditions for the central plains in the U.S. might be disrupting some planting. Um, and then also another development to dry conditions in Argentina, the Buenos Aires grain exchange actually sees the crop down nearly 22% from last year. So that's something that can definitely you know affect the wheat market to provide some stability.
2: Adam Picallo is a commodity futures advisor with PI Financial. Time now for
0: real agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Asitavoya and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on the source 620 CKRM. This is your
4: RealAgriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at RealAgriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Joining us right now, we're talking weather, is Drew Lerner of World Weather Inc.
5: Hey, Drew, how are you doing? Hey Sean, it's been a long time. I hope everything's going good there.
4: Okay, uh, Western Canada—it's a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, What what about for the kind of the southern part of Saskatchewan into Alberta? Is there any chance here for some fall moisture? We we got some grassland in in southwestern Saskatchewan, just, just absolutely begging. For some rain,
5: yeah, I, I, it just absolutely amazes me how long this has gone on, and uh, it's a terrible situation for some guys out there. And and I, you know, I'd like to sit here and tell you that it's going to get better in the next thirty days. Uh, I, I originally I had expected to see October getting more active, and I still think it will to some degree, but I don't know that we're going to be able to put enough moisture in the ground to really fix the situation uh, to a large degree. We still have one you around, and that's going to try to keep it more warm-biased, so we're going to fight whatever light moisture events we get with a strong evaporative moisture loss rate in between storms. And uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I want to leave you with a word of encouragement. I think it'll come, but that, 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 <laughs> I'm just not sure we're going to get it in the next 30 days. I think we're going to get some light precipitation events, a couple of uh, cool air masses coming down the front range of the mountains in Alberta. will cut across southern parts of uh, Saskatchewan, and areas in the Highway 1 corridor will probably do a little bit better with a couple of events. But as far as getting, you know, a big two, three, four inch rain or anything, like that uh, that's going to be a virtual impossibility i think for these next uh, several weeks Uh, but maybe we can get an inch of something out of something i I don't see it right now Uh, most of the long-range models are suggesting more of the warm and drier tendency for the region although not absolutely dry
4: well and, and
5: and warm it is Yes. It's nuts. It's nuts. There used to be some summers years back where we didn't hardly ever get to 30. <laughs> and here we are at the end of September. And yes, yesterday, 30 and 31 degree readings in a lot of places. And I think we're doing it again right now. And we are. Yeah. So it's And, and I, I do see that kind of thing uh, coming and going periodically yet for a, a, at least another several days off and on, not every day. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And it is such a perfect example of what drought will do. Uh, We are so dry in the air and in the ground that the temperatures are going to bounce around. And that's something to keep in mind because when it does get cold, it could get really cold really quickly because there's no moisture in the atmosphere to slow those temperatures from falling. And since normal this time of the year is not 30 degrees, you know, it wouldn't take much to get us to drop quite a bit. And uh, if we got a real good cold air mass coming, we're going to drop a lot. So be watching for that. But, yeah, unfortunately... I don't see a lot of big-time moisture events coming up, but I think we're going to do better a little later in the winter and maybe we get started with something more in the spring.
4: What I'm hearing from you is we we can expect a pretty cold winter on the prairies? Is that what you're
5: saying? No, no. Actually, the, the prairies will... Uh, we're going to be very warm here uh, to begin with. In, in October into uh, the first part of November, will be pretty warm. Uh, and when we get to the second half of November, we'll get some shots of cold at that point. La Nina will still be in the neighborhood. We'll lose all these other patterns and trends, and uh, we'll, we'll swing the pendulum the other way. So for a few weeks there, late November and December, we will get cold. Uh, it'll probably come and go in and- waves, though, not just persistent one week after the other. But then, uh, just like I mentioned for eastern Canada, when we get into the second half of winter, things are going to change a little bit. And while that cold air gets funneled into Quebec and Ontario, uh, we are going to see warm temperatures periodically in the western parts of the nation, and that will uh, heat us up a little bit. But what's really interesting is on the backside of that big cold trough of low pressure out there in the eastern part of the country will be uh, an opportunity. for storm systems to come in from the US Pacific Northwest and work their way into parts of the prairies and I think that's when we'll see a little better mix of weather a little greater snows a little bit more of a bounce around on temperatures and I think that's when we will start seeing some improving tendencies Uh, but that's probably sometime in January unfortunately
4: This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at Real Agriculture.
0: It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM.
2: The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352 1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly sunny. The high forecast, 28 degrees. Windy's 20 tonight. The low 13. Friday, partly cloudy. Windy's 20, gusting to 40 tomorrow. The high 23, the low 8 degrees. Saturday, sunny with a high 20, the low 9. Sunday, sunny, the high 20, the low 6. Monday, sunny, the high 22, the low plus 5. Tuesday, sunny, the high 20, the low plus 4. Wednesday, sunny with a high forecast of 16 degrees. Normal high for this date is 15. The normal low is plus 1. The sun rose at 6.55 this morning. It sets at 6.42 tonight. And around the province... The hot spot is Rock Glen at 29 degrees. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids at 9 degrees. Estevan is 24, Saskatoon 25, Swift Current 28, Weyburn 25, Yorkton 22. Regina is partly cloudy in 24. That's 75 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the east at 11. Humidity is 39%, 37%. The barometric pressure is falling 101.4. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw, 28 degrees. Winds are from the east, southeast at 15. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy in 24. That's 75 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3
0: herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director,
2: Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com, And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Regina-based Farm Credit Canada is working with Indigenous people to expand agricultural ventures, both large and small. Accessing capital from banks has been a major challenge for First Nations, and Farm Credit Canada wants to make the process easier. Sean Sunius is the Director of Indigenous Relations with FCC. He says First Nations already have business experience in other economic sectors.
6: We see other sectors that have done very well like mining, energy, or uh, gas, some of those relationships. They've been around for decades now, and that's something that's really new to this sector. So we know our communities have experienced success and kind of went through all the learning processes in those other sectors. And I suspect that once they turn their lens to ag, they're going to be wanting to kind of go 0 to 60, not waiting decades to kind of go from labour to owning
2: companies and having very sophisticated operations and partnerships. Farm Credit Canada is working to gain a better understanding of future customers
6: information to provide a better customer experience and to know what people are looking for, you know, where the, the pressure points are and the opportunities might exist, and then be able to provide good data and analytics and kind of advice back to our Indigenous customers and the community broadly when it comes to how they can participate in ag and
2: share ways that they can kind of build their successes. And Sunia says it's important to have a flexible definition of agriculture for Indigenous customers. We know a lot of our communities have the arable land in the west, and in particular
6: Saskatchewan and Alberta, there's fast tracks on our communities, our steward's over, but lots of reserves are northern communities, and that maybe presents a barrier to, to some of those folks understanding what the opportunities they might be if they, you know, lots of people look at grains in the, in the field and livestock on the land and think that's, that's agriculture, but it's, of course, much deeper than that. And, We've got lots of communities that are well-positioned to participate in forestry and non-timber forest products as well. So things like wild rice and medicines and herbs and berries and, and different kind of you know, mushrooms and things like that. So there's a host of things that you know we hope to open you know, we'll up in terms of business on opportunities on that side.
2: Sunia says it's still a learning experience.
6: We're confident that, you know, the changes to our lending side are making an impact and there's quality assurance experimenting going on to make sure that we're making the impacts that we do. In terms of measuring impacts, we're probably four quarters away from being able to do that with great certainty because until this spring, we didn't have a, a way to identify Indigenous clients. So unless I knew from somebody who made a loan, we just simply wouldn't know of the great clients that we have right so we know anecdotally that things are working and, and you know of course we're tracking things that are net new loans and customers but if we're looking back it's a little hard to discern that right now but you know that's our hope in that you know the next couple of quarters that we'll have a, a much greater understanding of our indigenous customer base and, and what that looks like.
2: Farm Credit Canada will be offering small and large loans to indigenous customers.
6: You know, we've got folks, you know, that qualify, say, for our starter loan and the young person that wants to grab maybe five cows to, to start an operation all the way to massive investments with huge companies that are exporting internationally, right? So everything from across that spectrum is an our kind of wheelhouse when it comes to lending broadly. So we're not restricting or focusing any one area on Indigenous because we know we already have a broad array of folks, whether it's wild rice or maple syrup or the big tier projects in Canada, fisheries and et cetera. So, and we suspect we'll see more innovation and creativity as capital markets open up in terms of things like seaweed. And, Uh, You know, other fisheries and and things that perhaps we can't put a finger
2: on because we, we haven't allowed that innovation to take place. That's Sean Sunius, the Director of Indigenous Relations with Regina based Farm Credit Canada.
0: You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture today on the Source 620 CKRM.
2: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service. Arcolabuildingsupplies.com The Saskatchewan government is taking steps to alleviate a shortage of veterinarians in rural areas. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says the province will increase the number of subsidized student seats from 20 to 25 at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine. This year, the province is providing $12 million, and the increase will mean an additional investment of $539,000 next year, increasing to $2.2 million a year by 2027. The president of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, Arnold Balecki, says the support is welcome news
4: last number of years, SEA has been pushing hard, along with our sister organization, Stock Growers, to uh, address the veterinarian shortage that we have here in the province of Saskatchewan. And really, uh, today's announcement by our two ministers is an acknowledgement on their part, on behalf of the government of Saskatchewan, on their part, that there is a problem that exists and and they're trying to help uh, alleviate it. And so we really appreciate and commend them for the announcement today.
2: The president of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association, Garner Diebald, also welcomes the additional funding for increasing the number of veterinarians in Saskatchewan, in rural areas. It's a
7: great announcement, a great day, it's something that will make a difference for the industry here in the province, uh, you know, on the on the cattle side, not only the cattle side but uh, animal health wise across the province here so I think it's something the government recognized as Arnold said that they needed to invest in and you know there's a, a lot of areas that are short on veterinarians and you know we are in a time where animal welfare and well-being is very important and so this is something that addresses that and uh, you know, moves us forward.
2: Garner Diebold is the president of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association. Harvest progress sits at only 47% complete across Manitoba, according to this week's crop report. This puts harvest completion about three and a half weeks behind the five-year average of 79% for this time of year.
0: The market updates with Jim Smalley on the Source 620 CKRM.
2: Market update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Grain prices were reflecting upward movement in early trading. Vitera prices for canola gained ten dollars and sixty cents at eight twenty six fifty two. Number one red spring wheat rose $1.79 at seventy nine dollars four twenty three zero three. The rest were unchanged. Durham $42528. Feed Barley 30287. Chickpeas 92595. Flax 62767. Lentils 70450. Oats 25532. Yellow peas four thirty-one thirteen. Feed wheat two hundred eighty-nine fifty six. At Minneapolis, December spring wheat fell 1 cent at 9.71 and a half cent a bushel.
0: It's the Livestock Reports on the source 620 CKRM.
2: The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Wayburn Livestock 842-4574. And now the latest livestock quotes.
7: Hello, Calum Junior for Heartland Livestock York. It's a market report for the week of September 28th. We had a nice run here this week with 25.33 in the pre sort, 338 cows and bulls for a total of 28.71. On the feeder market this week, we saw a steady to lower in a few classes, but still a very good sale. Here are a few highlights. 43 yearling steers, 857 pounds at 251.75. Yearling steers, 946 at 231 in the quarter. On the yearling heifers, 842 weights at 218 and 955 weights at 202. On the calf market, it was a charlie influence sale, and the producers did one hell of a job, bringing some real powerful cattle to town. Buckskin steers: 420 at 3:30, 490 at 304.75, 565 at 284 and a quarter, 635 at 272. 707 at 265 and the big buckskin steers 832 pounds at 252 buckskin is 490 pounds at 253 563 weights at 252.75 635 weights at 245 and the 694 weights at 226 on the block steers, 412 pounds of c 490 weights of 297.75, 640 weights of 264.50, 700 pounds of 261. On the red X steers, 495 pounds of 288.50, 570 weights of 274, 640 weights of 268.50, 712 pounds of 263, and on the big red X steers, 780 pounds of 257. On the rest of the heifers, there are 25 to 30 cents the steers. The cows... We steady to three cents higher. Two hundred forty cows average a dollar four. D one, D two cows buck two to buck fifteen. D three cows eighty nine to one hundred one. Light shelly cows sixty nine to eighty three. And your half buck twenty five to a buck fifty eight. The bulls average a dollar thirty three on thirty four big bulls with a high of a dollar fifty two fifty. Producers, the fall run is here, so please call ahead to book your calves as we are filling up fast. Deliveries of feeder cow are Monday and Tuesday by four p.m. This has been Junior for HLS York thank you and have a great day
2: and the latest Saskatchewan pork prices 232.94 per CKG. This is the
0: Saskatchewan Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley.
2: Now the resource report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid and brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. The Canadian economy grew slightly Lately in July, with the latest reading on real gross domestic product coming in higher than expected. Stats Canada says the economy grew by 0.1%, outperforming its preliminary estimate that pointed to a contraction of 0.1%. The federal agency says growth in the goods producing industries was partially offset by a decline in the services producing industries. Stats Canada also notes the mining, quarrying, oil, and gas sector grew by 1.9% in July following slight declines in the two previous months. The latest reading follows similar growth in June, when the economy expanded by 0.1%. A preliminary estimate for August indicates real GDP for that month was essentially unchanged. A Global First Nations Carbon Summit is being held Monday at the Atlas Hotel in Regina. Former Regina Mayor Pat Fiaco is business development manager of Carbon RX, which is involved with the summit. The summit is important as part of a truth and reconciliation call to action to include indigenous people in economic opportunities. On the markets, the TSX is down 224 points to 18,424. The Dow has dropped 433 points to 29,250. Oil is up 40 cents at 82.55 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at $73 even US. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions.
0: emergent herbicide.